Ashley Brock, reading the long, tall tale texting book I told you I found. And yes, it has all those chapters. I looked through it. And there's a bunch of chapters in this book that I don't like. And to prove that I don't just skip chapters, like most people probably think I do. Uh, and that if I tell you that the book's not there, it's not there. <laughs> I'm going to read every single line of this chapter, of these chapters. And even though some of them I don't like, I like really despise. I'm going to read every single line. Quit drawing on the road, Grace! You stop it. Alright. So, this is Diane Palmer's whole tall Texan book that I found when I was trying to find the, another book from the Montana Maverick series. And, but instead, I found this book. It's called Jordan, Chapter 1. Libby Collins couldn't figure out why her stepmother, Janet, had called a real, tale, real estate agent out to the house. Her father had only been dead for a few weeks. The funeral was so fresh in her mind that she cried herself to sleep at night. Her brother Kurt was equally devastated. Riddle Collins had been a strong, happy, intelligent man who'd never had a serious illness. He had no history of heart trouble, so his death of a massive heart attack had been a real shock. In fact, the Collinses, nearest neighbor, rancher, Jordan Powell, said it was suspicious. But then Jordan thought everything was suspicious. He thought the government was building cloned soldiers in some underground lab. Libby ran a small hand through her wavy black hair, her light green eyes skinning the horizon for sight of her brother. But Kurt was probably up to his ears and watching over the births of early spring cattle far in the northern pasture of the Powell Ranch. It was almost April, and the heifers, the two-year-old first-time mothers, were beginning to drop their calves right on schedule. There was little hope that Kurt would show up before the real estate agent left. Around the corner of the house, Libby heard the real estate agent speaking. She moved closer, careful to keep out of sight to see what was going on. Her father had loved his small ranch as his children did. It had been in their family almost as long as Jordan Powell's family had owned the bi the bar P. How long will it take to find a buyer? Janet was asking. I can't really say, Mrs. Collins, the man replied, but Jacobsville is growing by leaps and bounds. There are plenty of new families looking for responsible housing. I think a subdivision here would be perfectly situated, and I can guarantee you that any developer would pay top dollar for it. Subdivision? Surely she must be hearing things. But Jana's new statement, next statement put an end to any such suspicion. I want to sell it as soon as possible. Janet confirmed firmly. Of the insurance money in hand, as soon as the sale was made, I'm moving out of the country. County. Country. Another shattered revolution. Was her stepmother in such a hurry? Her husband of barely nine months had just died, for heaven's sake. I'll do what I can, Mrs. Collins, real estate agent assured her. But you must understand that the housing market is depressed right now, and I can't guarantee a sale as much as I'd like to. Very well, Janet said further, but keep me informed of your progress, please. Certainly. Libby ran for it, careful not to let herself be seen. Her heart was beating her half to death. She wondered at Janet's lack of emotion when her father died. Now her mind was forming unpleasant associations. She stood in the shadows of the front porch until she heard the real estate agent drive away. Janet left immediately thereafter in her Mercedes. Libby's mind was whirling. She needed help. Fortunately, she knew exactly where to go to get it. 
He walked down the road toward Jordan Powell's big Spanish-style ranch house. The only transportation Libby had was pickup truck, which was in the shop today, having a water pump replaced. It was a long walk to the Powell Ranch, but Libby needed fortifying, needed fortifying to tackle her stepmother. Jordan was just the person to put steel in her backbone. It took ten minutes to walk to the paved driveway that led through white fences to the ranch house, but it took only took another ten minutes to walk from the end of the driveway to the house. On either side of the fence were dark red-coated Santa Carina's cattle, purebed seed that seed stock, which were the only cattle Jordan kept. One of his bulls was worth over a million dollars. He had a whole separate division that involved artificial insemination in the care special unit where sperm were kept. Libby had been fascinated to know that a single straw bull semen could sell for a thousand dollars or much more if it came from a prized bull who was dead. Jordan sold those straws to cattle ranches all over the world, frequently had visitors from other countries who came to tour his mammoth cattle operation. Like the Chamberman brothers, Side Parks, and a number of other local ranchers, he was heavily into organic ranching. He used no hormones or dangerous pesticides or unnecessary antibiotics on his seed stock. Even though they were never sold for beef, the herd sires he kept on the ranch lived in a huge breeding barn as luxurious as a modern hotel that was on property just adjacent to the Collins' land, so close that they could hear the bulls bellowing from time to time. Jordan was a local success story, the sort men liked to tell their young sons about. He started out as a cowboy long before he ever had a cattle of his own. He'd grown up the only child of a former debutante and a hobby farmer. His father had married the only child of a wealthy parent who cut her off immediately when she announced her marriage. They left her only the property that Jordan now owned. His father's drinking cost him almost everything. When he wasn't drinking, he made a modest living with a few head of cattle, but after the sudden death of Jordan's mother, he withdrew from the war. Ward, world. Jordan was left with a hard decision to make. He took a job as a ranch hand on Duke Wright's po political ranch, and in his free time, he went the rounds of the professional rodeo circuit. He was a champion bull rider with the belt buckles and the cash to prove it. But instead of spending that cash on good times, he paid off the mortgage that his father had taken on the ranch. Over the years, he'd added a purebred Santa Garias bull in a barn, followed by purebred heifers. He studied genetics with the help of a nearby retired rancher, and he learned how to buy straws of bull semen and have his heifers artificially inseminated. His breeding program gave him the opportunity to enter his prodigy in competitions, which he did. Awards started coming his way, and so did stud fees for his bull. It had been a long road to prosperity, but he managed it, despite having to cope with an alcoholic father, who eventually got behind the wheel of a truck and plowed it into a telephone pole. Jordan was left alone in the world, well, except for women. He sure seemed to have plenty of those, to hear Brother Kurt talk. Libby loved the big, dusty, yellow adobe ranch house Jordan had built two years ago, with its graceful arches and black wrought iron grillwork. There was a big fountain in the front courtyard where Jordan kept goldfish and huge koi. They came right up out of the water to look at visitors. He even had a pond heater to keep the fish alive all winter. It was a dream of a place. It would have been just right for a family, but everyone said that Jordan Powell would never get married. He liked his freedom too much. She went up to the front door and rang the doorbell. She knew how she must look in her mud-stained jeans and faded t-shirt. Her boots caked in mud like her denim jacket. Still, she'll be helping the lone part-timer worker on the small property pool cap. It was a dirty business, something 
her pristine stepmother would have never done. Libby still missed her father. His unexpected death had been a horrible blow to Kurt and Libby. You were only just getting used to Riddle Collins' new wife. No sooner was Riddle buried than Janet fought to get her hands on the quarter-million-dollar insurance policy he left behind, of which he alone was listed as beneficiary. She started spending money the day the check had arrived, and notes for unpaid bills and Riddle's children. They were wealthy and able to work, she reasoned. Besides, they had a roof over their heads, temporarily at least. Janet's long talk with the real estate agent today was disquieting. Riddle's new will, which his children knew nothing about, had given Janet complete and sole ownership of the house, as well as Riddle's comfortable but not excessive savings account, or so Janet said. Kurt was furious. Libby hadn't said anything. She missed her father so much. She felt as if she were still walking around in the days, and it was almost April. A windy cold almost April at that. She thought, feeling the chill. She was frowning when the door opened. She jumped involuntarily when... Instead of the maid, Jordan Powell himself opened it. What the hell do you want? He asked coldly. Your brother's not here. He's supervising some new fencing up on the north property. Well, he asked impatiently. What should it speak me? I've got things to do, and I'm late already. He was so dashing. She thought probably he was 32, very tall, lean and muscular, with liquid black eyes and dark wavy hair. He had a strong, masculine face that was dark from exposure to the sun and big ears and big feet. But he was handsome, too handsome. Are you mute? He persisted, growling. She shook her head sight. I'm just speechless. You really are this, Jordan. She drawled. Will you please tell me what you want? He grumbled. And if it's a date, you can go right back home. I don't like being chased by women. I know you can't keep your eyes off me, but it's no excuse to come saucing up to my front door looking for affection. Fat chance, she drawled, her green eyes twinkling over her. If I want a man, I'll try someone accessible, like a movie star or a billionaire. I said I'm in a hurry. He trumped. Okay, if you don't want to talk to me, you should be He let out on impatient. <sighs> Come in, then, he mumbled, <laughs> muttered, looking past. Hurry, before you get trampled by the other hopeful women chasing me. That would be a short list, she told him as she went in and waited until he closed the door behind him. You're famous for your bad manners. You aren't even housework. I beg your pardon, he said courtly. She came down. Your boots are full of red mud, and so's that fabulously expensive wool rug you bought back from Monaco. She pointed out, Amy's going to kill you when she sees that. <sighs> My aunt only lives here when she hasn't got someplace else to go. He pointed out, translated, that means that she's in hiding. Why are you mad at her this time? She asked in her long-suffering stare inside. Well, she wanted to redo my bedroom, put yellow curtains at the windows with ruffles. He's right out the world. She thinks it's too depressing because I like dark wood and beige curtains. She lifted both eyebrows over laughing. You can paint the room red. He laid down her eyes. Those women chased me now that I brought them home in buckets. He replied, my mistake. Who was it last week? Senator Merrill's daughter before her, the current Miss Jacobs County. That wasn't my fault. He said, she stood in the middle of the parking lot at the new jail. Japanese place and refused to move unless I let her come home with me. <laughs> then he grinned. She said, You're impossible. Come on, come on. What do you want? I've got to meet your brother at the old line cabin in 30 minutes to help look over this pregnant heifer. He lifted an eyebrow and his eyes began to come down. They ran up and down or something. Maybe I could do you justice in 15 minutes.
She's trying to post. Nobody's sticking me in between Roundup and Supper. She reported. Besides, I'm abstaining indefinitely. He put a hand over her. Oh, as God is my witness, I never asked your brother to tell you that Bill Pines, Bill Payne, had social disease. <laughs> I am not sweet on Bill Payne. She retorted. You were going to Houston with him to a concert that wasn't being given that night, and I knew that Bill had an apartment and a bad reputation with women. He replied with question. So I just happened to mention to one of my cow hands who was standing beside your brother that Bill Payne had a social disease. She was gassed and standing there gaping at his insolence. Grace, quit that. Kurt had been very angry about her accepting a date with rich blonde Bill, who was far above them in social rank. Bill had been a client of Blake Kelps where he noticed Libby and started flirting with her. After Kurt had told her what he overheard about Bill, she canceled the date. She was glad she did. Later, she learned that Bill had made a bet with one of his pals that he could get Libby anytime he wanted her, despite her standoffish pose. Of course, I don't have any social diseases. Jordan said his deep voice dropped in the octave. checked his watch. Now it's down to ten minutes, if we heard. She threw a prance. Listen, can't possibly be seduced today. I've got to go to the grocery store. What I came to tell you is that Janet's selling the property to a developer. He wants to build a subdivision on it. She added miserably. What? He exploded. A subdivision next door to my breeding barn. His eyes again are like hell she will. Great. You want to stop her too? Do you have some strong will? This is serious. What the hell is she doing? Selling your home out from under you. Surely Riddle. Surely Riddle. Didn't leave her the works. What about you, Kurt? She says you're young. She says we're young and can support ourselves. She said, fighting back frustration and fury. Didn't say anything. His silence was no looking as young. She's not evicting you. You go talk to Kep. I work for Mr. Kep. She reminded him. Which begs the question, why aren't you at work? She said, Mr. Kep's go on to a bar association conference in Florida. She said, I... Said I could have two vacation days while I was gone, since Mabel and Violet were going to be there in case the attorney covering his practice needed anything. She let her. I don't get much time off. Indeed, you don't. Blake Kelp is a busy attorney for a town the size of Jakesville. You don't. You do a lot of legwork for him, don't you? She nodded. It's part of a paralegal job. I've learned a lot. Enough to tempt you to go to law school? She let. No, not that much. This two degrees is enough. Not to mention the paralegal training. I've had all the education I want, she frowned off me. You know, I did think about teaching adult education classes at night. Your father was well-to-do, she pointed out. You, he had a coin collection worth half a million, didn't he? We thought so, but we couldn't find them. I suppose he sold them to buy that Mercedes. Janet is driving, she said somewhere. He loves you and Kurt. She had to find him. He wrote a new will just after he married her, leaving everything to her. She said simply, she said she had it all in his safe deposit box, along with the passport, passbook to his big savings account, which her name was on as well as his. The way it was set up, that account belonged to her, so there was no da- no legal problem with it. She went, Daddy didn't leave him spinning. There's something fishy going on here, he said, thinking, oh, sounds like it, I guess. But Daddy gave everything to her. That was his decision to make, not ours. He was crazy about her. Jordan looked murderous. Has the will gone through probate yet? She shook her head. She said she'd given it to an attorney. It's been You know the law even better than I do. This isn't right. You should get a lawyer. He kept, in fact, and have him investigate her. 
There's something not right about this, Libby. Your father was the healthiest man I ever knew. He never had any symptoms of a heart trouble. Well, I thought that too. So did Kurt. He started glancing out at the elegant blue and rose carpet in her eyes. Can you see? He was really crazy about her, though. Maybe he just didn't think we need much. I know he loved us. She choked back a sob. It was still fresh, the grief. Jordan sighed and pulled her close against his tall, powerful body. His arms were warm and comforting as well. Why don't you just cry, Libby? He asked him. It does help. She sniffed into his shoulder. It smelled nice. His shirt had a pleasant deodorant. <laughs> Detergent smelled to it. Did you ever do you ever cry? Bite your tongue, woman, he said at her temple. What would happen to the ranch if I sat down and bawled every time something went wrong? Tears won't come out of frozen carpet. You just ask my aunt. She laughed softly. Even through the tears, he was a comforting sort of man. And it was surprising because he had a quick temper and an arrogance that put most people's back up at first meeting. So that's why you yell at your cowboys so you won't cry. Words for me, Chuckle. You better feel better. She nodded. Smiling through tears, she wiped them away with a paper towel. She tucked it in. Thanks. What are prospected lovers for? Yeah, smiling wickedly and laughing out loud. What she left? You stop corrupting me, you bad influence. I said nothing corrupting. I just gave notice. Advance notice of bad intentions. He laughed at her. At least it stopped the cascading waterworks. He added tongue in cheek and a glance at the tear tracks down the Those weren't tears, remember. It was due. She opened it. I, I feel it falling again. Talk to Cap. He reiterated, not adding that he was going to do the same. If she's got a new will and a consensual signed, make her prove it. Don't let her show you off your own land without a fight. I guess I could ask to see it, she agreed. And she was, I hate arguments. I hate fights. I'll remember that the next time you come chasing after me. He promised. She shook her head and put the in the air. Hey, she landed him over her shoulder. Let me know what you find out, he said. I'm in this, too. I can't imagine a subdivision right near my barn. I can't have a lot of commotion around those beautiful standard grits. It stresses them out too much. It would cost a fortune to tear down that barn and stick it closer to the house. A lawsuit would be cheaper. There's an idea. This is a brightly take her to court. Or what? Trying to sell property? That's rich. He's trying to help us both out, she said. He learns that he's watching it. Five minutes left, and even I'm not that good. He had a pity. If you hadn't kept running your mouth by now, it could have. You lost Jordan Pouch, she shot at him. Honestly, of all the blatant, arrogant, sex-crazed ranchers in Texas, she was still mumbling. She went out the door, but when she was out of sight, she grinned. He was a tonic. That night, Janet didn't say a word about any real estate deal. She ate a light supper that Libby had prepared, as usual, without any complaints about it. What are you going back to work? She asked Libby irritably. Her dyed blonde hair and an expensive hairdo, trendy silk shell and embroiled jeans, marking her new wealth. It can't be good for you to lie around here all day. Grace, what are you doing? Kurt, who was almost the mirror image of his sister, except for his height and powerful frame, glared at the woman. Excuse me, since when did you do any housework or cooking around here? Libby's done both since she turned 13. Don't you speak to me that way, Janet said hotly. I can throw you out any time I like. I own nothing. You don't own the property until that will goes through probate, Libby replied sweetly, shocked at her own boldness. She never talked that way to the woman before. 
you can produce it, I hope, because you're going to have to. You don't get the property yet. Maybe not even later, if everything is in perfect order. You've been talking to that rancher again, haven't you, gentlemen? That damn pal, man. He's just suspicious about everything. Your father had a heart attack. He's dead. He left everything to me. What else do you want? She raged, standing. Libby stood to her face. But proof! I want proof! And you better have it before you start making any deals with developers about selling daddy's land. Janice said, De developers? I heard you this afternoon with the real estate agent, Libby said, with an apologetic glance at her brother, who looked shocked she hadn't told him. You're trying to sell our ranch, and daddy hasn't even been dead a month. Church stood up. He looked even more formidable than them. Before you make any attempt to sell this land, you're going to need a lawyer, Janet, he said in that slow, cold drawl that made Cowan see faster. How are you going to afford one coat, dear? She asked our cousin. You just work for wages. Oh, Jordan will loan us the money, Libby said confidently. Janet's something breast and fluttered. She drew down an apple. You need cooking lessons, she said, spit bite. But this food is terrible. Got to make some phone calls. Stormed out of the room. Libby and Kurt sat back down, both angry. Libby explained about the real estate agent's visit and what she'd overheard. Kurt had only just come in when Libby had put the spaghetti and garlic bread right on the table. It's Kurt's favorite food, and his sister made it very well. He thought, Spike Janet snippet comments. She's not selling this place. Well, there's a breath left in my body. He told her sister anyway. She can't do that until the will was probated, and she better have a legitimate will. Jordan said we needed to get Mr. Kep to take a look at it, she said. And I think we're going to need a handwriting expert to take a look, too. He nodded. But what are we going to do about money to file suit? She asked. I was bluffing about Jordan loaning us money. I don't know if he would. He's not going to want a subdivision on his doorstep. I'll tell you that. I'll talk to him. I already did, she said surprisingly. He thinks there's subdivision going on, too. You can't get much past Jordan, you read. I've been working myself to death trying not to think about losing Dad. I should have paid more attention to what was going on here. I've been grieving, too, she sighed and folded her small hands on the table. Isn't it amazing how snippy she is now that Daddy's not here? She was all over us like poison ivy before he died. She married him for what he had, Libby, he said grimly. She seemed to love him. She came on to me the night they came back from the Cancun honeymoon, he said bitterly. Libby whistled. Brother was a very attractive man. The father, a sweet and charming man, had been overweight and baldy. She could understand why Janet might have preferred Kurt to his father. I slapped her down hard, and Dad never knew, she said. How could he marry something like that? He was flattered by all the attention she gave him, I guess, Libby said miserably. And now here we are. I bet she sweet talks him into changing that will. He would have done anything for her. You know that. He was crazy in love with her. He might have actually written us out of it, Kurt. We have to accept that. Not until they can prove to me that it wasn't forged. She said suddenly, I'm not giving up our inheritance without fight. Neither you. Yes, her. She said, okay, big brother. What do you want to do? When do you go back to work? Monday. Mr. Cap's out of town. Okay, Monday. You make an appointment for both of us to sit down with him and hash this out felt better. Okay, so I'll do that very thing. Maybe we can have a chance of keeping Daddy's ranch. You know, there's always hope. Healing back. So you want to see Jordan? He smiled and grinned. I can remember a time not so long ago when he ran and hid from him. He always seemed to be yelling at somebody. I was intimidated by him, especially when I graduated from high school. I had, I had sort of a crush on him. I was scared of that he noticed. Not that he was ever around here that much. He had a love. He and Daddy had a fight a week over water rights. Dad usually lost to Kurt Rickard. He said he was just You know, I thought maybe Jordan was sweet on you himself. 
He's only eight years older than you. He's never been sweet on me. She flashed out of blushful. He's hardly even smiled at me in all the years we've lived here. It's the past few months. If anything, he usually treats me like a contagious virus. Colonel smiled. He looked very much like her. The same dark wavy hair, the same green eyes. He picks at you, tease you, makes you laugh. You do the same thing to him. People beside me have noticed. He bristles if anyone says anything unkind about you. Her eyes wide. You'd be saying unkind things about me. That assistant store manager over at Ward's department store. Oh, Sherry Keene. She leaned back in here. She can't help it, you know. She was crazy about Dubrack, and he wanted to take me to the cattleman's ball. I wouldn't go, and, I did, and he didn't ask anybody else. I feel sorry for her. Duke's not your sort of man, he replied. He's a mixer. Nobody in Jacobsville has been in more brawls. He's a pusher. Well, maybe Leo Hart has. Leo Hart got married. You won't be brawling out of Steve's Roadhouse and Bar anymore. Duke's not likely to get married again. His wife took their five-year-old son to New York City with her new job. He says she doesn't even look after the little boy. She's too busy trying to get a promotion. The child stays with her sister while she jets all over the world, closing real estate deals. It's a new world, Libby pointed out. Women are competing with men for the choice jobs now. They have to move around to get a promotion. Kurt's eyes know maybe they should get promotions before they get pregnant. He said impatiently. Accidents happen. No child of mine is ever going to be an accident, Kurt said firmly. Nice to be so superior. She teased us like they never to make mistakes. He swiped her with an apple. You don't. Even stick your toes in the water, so don't lecture me about drowning. She chuckled. I'm sensible, I answered toward None of this angst for me. I'll just do my routine job and keep my nose out of emotional entanglements. He studied her tears. Go through life avoiding any sign of risk, don't you, honey? He moved. She moved up on his shoulders. Daddy and Mama fought all the time, remember? She said, I swear I'd never get mixed myself into a fix like that. She told me that she and Daddy were so happy when they first met, when they first married. And six months later, she was pregnant with you. They couldn't manage one pleasant meal together without shouting. She shook her. That means you can't trust emotions. It's better to use your brain when you think about marrying somebody. Love is sticky, she concluded. And it causes insanity. I'm sure of it. Why don't you ask Kev? That's why he stayed single so long. He's in his mid-thirties, isn't he? And never even been engaged. Who'd put up with him? She asked honestly. Now, there's a mixer for you, she said enthusiastically. He actually threw another lawyer at the front door and onto the sidewalk last month. Good thing there was a welcome mat there. So it broke the guy's fault. <laughs> what did he want, Kurt asked. No idea, but I don't expect him to be a repeat client. Sure, <laughs> trouble. Let's see what you mean. Libby went to bed early that night without any word to Janet. She knew that anything she said would be too much, but she did miss her father, and she couldn't believe that he wouldn't have mentioned to Libby and Kurt in his will. He did love them. She knew he did. She thought about Jordan Powell, too, and about Kurt's remark that he thought Jordan was sweet on her. She tang tangled all over at the top, but that wasn't going to happen. She assured herself Jordan was gorgeous, and he could have his pick of pretty women. Libby Collins would be his last resort. The world wasn't ending yet, so she was out of the running. She rolled over, closed her eyes, and went to sleep. End of chapter one.